How are you? Okay, are you all ready? You seem more awake now than you did at the start. That's good. My goal is for half of you to still be awake by the time we finish. Is that a good goal? No, that's not a good goal. We don't shoot low. We aim high. I went slightly more than half, still awake. All right. I've got five, five kids. <clears throat> I don't know if you knew that or not. Some, some of you have got five, five kids, I know. Uh, and my fourth in line, name is Maylee, not in here in the youth group yet. She's in the fourth grade, fifth, fourth grade, fourth, fourth grade, yes. I know that. She's 10. And um, if, you, if you've met her before, she is one that's a little bit brash, you know, and just sort of speaks her mind and rules the world, she thinks. And, and I, we love her. She's got so many strengths and gifts. And she's been that way since God allowed us to adopt her and bring her into our home. She was two at the time, and she was loud and brash and beating up kids at parks in China before we, we, we got back, back home. It was crazy. We thought we were going to get like in the gulag or something. And, uh, and so Maylee's always been that way. And so at age of three or four, Maylee comes up to me and goes, you're my big daddy. <laughs> and see, at that time, I had just lost some weight. I, I, I used to be bigger than I am now, and I just lost quite a bit, bit of weight. So I was like, well, Maylee... I'm, why don't you say, I'm your tall daddy, all right? I'm, I'm like tall, so I'm your tall daddy. And she goes, mm-mm, you my big daddy. And, uh, and that's always stuck with me. And, you know, I had something occur just like a week ago with another one of my kids. I won't, I won't say their name, but they're in this room, and they're my youngest. Uh, and, they're, 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 and, and she said to me, Dad, you are he- heavy. And I was like, I'm going to step on your foot, and you're going to know how heavy I am. I said, no. I said, I, I said no, I'm tall. And she said, uh-uh, you heavy. <laughs> Kids are brats, man. I love them. I love them. Um, over the past 20-plus years I've gotten to work with youth, there's been a, um, uh, uh, some wisdom and truth that it always seems to come back around as I'm talking with teenagers, especially about life and and and. and they're going through, through seasons of life that are hard. And you might be in this room, and right now, your, season, your, your life is hard. And life is going to come in waves a lot of times. Sometimes it's really hard, and then sometimes those waves subside. But I find that, that a phrase would always come out as I would talk to these teenagers, uh, and I still say this phrase now, and it's probably the most thing I, when I talk 101, this is what I want them to know. God is bigger. I want you to understand that no matter what you face or no, no, no matter how, how mean it looks or it is or how dark it is right now, I want you to understand that God is bigger. And if you can understand this truth of God being bigger, then it's going to get you through a lot, a lot in this world, and you're going to get through it well. And when we get through things well, it's an interesting thing. The world takes note of that. The people we, we, we walk alongside that may not go to church, may not believe in God, they see that and go, huh, how in the world do they make it through that? And, and so, so um, I wrote, wrote right here, um, whatever you face, God's bigger. No matter how far you fall, no matter what you've done, I want you to know God's bigger. Um, 
when uncertainty wins the day, when you don't know what's coming tomorrow, it just doesn't look good. I want you to keep in mind this truth. God, God is bigger. Uh, when your friends fail you, even some that might be in this room that you sit beside, and we fail each other, we, we all do it. We don't mean to a lot of times, but we do. I want you to remember God is bigger. Also, don't forget about the forgiveness and the grace that he gives us. Are, are you with me? So, so the overarching truth in this text I want you to see is God is bigger. There's some little points that we're going to touch on how we deal with, with things here. But God is, is big. When you understand God is bigger, it makes everything else work. We're in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 18. This is just a one-off. We're just doing one week here. Next week, we don't have the edge. And then... Um, and then the week after that, we're going to do an introduction to First Peter, and then we'll be in that book for a while. I didn't want to start it and then have a week off and then jump in because y'all be like, "What book are we in? Philippians?" So, um, First P- First Peter was written, not First Peter. First Kings was written by tradition says Jer- Jeremiah, but they're not not one one hundred percent confirmed on that. It could have had a multitude of authors. And um, First King uh, uh, begins with King 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 David's death, and uh, the the whole First and, and Second Kings it starts as Israel's a u, u, unified kingdom. In the middle of, of 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 First and Second Kings, it becomes a divided kingdom, and in the end of Kings, it's not a kingdom at all. So it's sort of the it's sort of the the, the rise and fall of, of this kingdom of Israel. So that's the background. We're going to jump to First uh, uh, Kings verse 18. And there's a man named Elijah, a prophet of God, who's been hiding from a, an evil king named King Ahab. And Ahab has killed all the prophets of God. Some have been hidden off in caves. A few of them have been protected and hidden in caves by uh, a prophet named Obadiah. Uh, and you might recognize that name because there's a book in here with his name on it. Uh, and so the, he's hidden some of the prophets of God. So there's none within the land that are out there to speak because they're all being killed. He is the one. And, and God, through him, has made a drought come across the land. For three years, there's been no rain. No rain, famine. Just think of no rain, no, no food for three years. Your, your supply has run out. And Elijah goes to face this king. Don't forget, he's the king of where? Israel. An evil king of Israel, the the kingdom of God. God's chosen people being led by an evil king. Don't miss that part. And we're going to be in, in, in starting verse 17. I want you to stand with me in honor of God's word and just sort of look at this first initial text. We're not going to read all the text that we'll be in because we'd be here all night. But this is where it starts in verse 17. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have in your father's house, because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the, the Baals. Now therefore send and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel. And the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah uh, who eat at 
Je- Je- Jezebel's ta- table. So Ahab sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different op- opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Let's pray one more time. Dear God, we just need you to move in this place. God, I just ask that for, for students in this room right now that, that, that are struggling with if you're even real or not, God, I just ask that you'll make yourself real to them. God, for students in this room that, that struggle with the, the, the question, is it, is it worth it? Is, is the struggle to live this Christian life worth it? God, I ask that you will, you will just show yourself to them and show them how worth it it is. And for students that are fighting uh, to honor you with their lives, Lord, Lord, give them strength and courage to be steadfast and not to, fl- to slow down. Uh, Lord, help us all, students and adults alike, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, have a seat. So he confronts this evil king and says, hey, bring your 50 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah. Now, Baal was a little g god, and he was a god of a lot of things, god of the sun, god of rain, god of lightning, god of wind. So, so in a lot of ways, he was a god of, of weather. You with me? Yeah? Yeah, okay. Asherah was like Aphrodite. He was a god of fertility and, and motherhood. So the way that they would worship these gods is that Baal, they would take babies and they would sacrifice the babies to Baal. They'd be burnt up in this big metal thing of Baal that was made. They'd put it into his arms and it would, it would go into this big fire and the baby would burn alive. That's how they, they worshiped Baal. The, uh, the prophets of, uh, prophetesses of Asherah, uh, 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 there, were, there were a lot of temple pro- prostitutes. And so they would go, uh, men would go and spend time with them to worship God. I want you to understand something. This is Israel we're talking about. This isn't Babylon. It's not, I need to stay away from that name. Uh, It's it's not some pagan place that we've talked about a lot. It's, It's the nation of Israel, and they've fallen this far. Are you with me? Is that a, are they in bad shape or real bad shape? Okay, real bad shape. Okay, so there, there's a point here in the text, and he asked this, and this is something I want to ask you because it has everything to do with us right here because there are things in the world. We've got a choice where we live, where we go to school, uh, whether we're homeschooled or public schooled or private schooled. We've got choices to honor God with our lives or not. All of us have that choice. Some of us try, some, some of us don't. Some Well, I tried a little bit, it just didn't work, and some are giving up. And he asked this thing in verse 21. He came near to him and said, How long will, will you go uh, limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal, then follow him. But, but make up your mind. And the question we have right off the bat is, are we being pulled from two different things? Is there this pull of the world that we're jumping at? And then, oh, well, I honor God too. I, lo- I love God, but 
man, I, I love this too. I love the things of the world, the popularity, the fame, sexuality, these things. How long are we going to limp between the two? You know, it's interesting. John writes in the book of Revelation. Youth always like, oh, with the book of Revelation. Can we just do a whole study on that for like four years? No, we can't Um, because it's very confusing. And um, it says this. John writes this, and and, uh, this is the word of God here, 3 John in Revelation 3.16, it says, I know your works. He's, he's writing to the church of Laodicea. He's writing to this church. He says, I know your works. Uh, you are neither cold nor hot. Would that, you, would that you were either cold or hot? So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. He's going, hey, even there he's going, hey, make up your mind. Either follow God or follow something else. But quit doing both because it's doing nobody good. It's not doing you good. It's not doing your friends good. It's, you know, make up your mind. And so that's the question that he has right here. And look at here in verse 22. I've got a couple points I, I want to see. First point is this. And who here has heard of this story before? Anybody here who sort of, sort of heard the story? Okay, hands down. Um, uh, Verse 22, then Elisha said to the people, I, even I, only am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. So he says, let two bulls be given to us and let them choose one bull for themselves and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood, put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. And you shall call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire, he is God. So he's saying, hey, I'm going to make a sacrifice to my God. You're, you're going to make one to your God, but we're not going to light it on fire. We're just going to have it set up to burn, and we're going to call and, and stand back and pray and ask for, if God is real, God, will you bring fire from heaven and burn this up? I want you to know one, one truth in this. Who is with Elisha in this story so far? Is anybody with him? He's alone. Point number one, I just want you to see this. Following God sometimes means standing alone. Following God will, will sometimes mean, it's not, it might, it will, some, there will be times in your life following God will mean standing alone. How can you do it? I'll tell you how God's bigger. And we're going to look at this more in the story. So they say, okay, cool. We'll go with this challenge. And so he says, hey, since y'all are like the bigger group, I'll let y'all go first. And so they go, awesome. Verse 26, I'm not going to read it all, but they take this bull, they prepare it, they call for Baal, uh, uh, but there's no voice and no one answered. And then look at this in verse 26. It says, and they limped around the altar that they had made. That word limped is the exact same word of limped we just read before when he says, how long are you going to go limping back and forth between two different opinions? He says, it's pathetic. Quit limping. Man up, woman up, and be who you're called to be. So in this, they're, they're just, just limping. And verse 27 is beautiful. It says, at noon, Elisha mocked them. Now you go, well, that's not nice to mock people. But he's going against these prophets who are against God. 
and he's all by himself. So he's doing whatever he can to get his morale going the right way. And he, said, and he says, cry, cry, cry louder for, for, for he is a God. He's probably musing, which means meditating. He might be musing. And then he says, or he's relieving himself. That's it, like really relieving, like like toilet. He's he's taking a dump. He he can't he he can't do it right now because he's ta- he, your God is ta- taking a dump. That's in the Bible. Sorry, uh, uh, he's on a trip. He's on a, a a journey, or he's fallen asleep. You know he can't hear you. Do cry louder. Have you ever talked to someone and and they 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 don't hear you? Like they're like almost staring at you, but they're like oh oh sorry. Have have you ever done that before? I mean, I, my go-to story, and I'm sorry, sweetheart, is my wife in the car with the kids, and kids, and, and she's driving the car, and my kids are like, mama, mama. I'm like, shut up, Noah. And they're like, mama, <laughs> mama, mama, mama. And, and she's just drive, 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 like, she's got earbuds in, and she's, she can't hear anything, but she, she, she can, I can hear everything. And she's just smiling, smiling like there's no sound in the car at all. And I'm finally like, baby. And she's like, <gasps> what? I'm like, do you hear the kids? And she's like, uh-uh. I mean, it's just a gift that a, a, a mom can just drown y'all scratchy, awful voices out. I can't. Uh, they're not all scratchy and awful. Most of you are. That, that's why he's talking about, hey, hey, does your God not even hear you? So he mocks them. And then it, it, you know, it says they cried loud at that point. They cut themselves with swords and, until blood gushed out upon them. That's one of the ways they worshipped. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time... Uh, of of the offering, but there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Point two, uh, I just want you to un- un- understand this because sometimes this life feels unfair and uh, rain falls on the just and the unjust. But I want you to understand one truth. Everything against God will fail. Maybe not in our time, but in time it will fail. Why do I know this? Because God's bigger than anything that we'll face. And so we see they try to do their deal. It fails. So he says this in verse 30, come, to, come near me. And the, all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. There was an altar there on the mountain that had been, been made to worship God that had not been used for years and years because the place had gone to pot. It had gone downhill and um, so he, he says, let's fix this up. And then he, he does this. He took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of J- Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. Why did he use 12 stones? Right? The 12 tribes, right? So every stone, he picks up a stone because why? Because it represents everybody there. Everybody's name Trace back to one of those twelve tribes, twelve lines. So he's 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 reminding them who who they are. Why does he take twelve stones? Because hey, don't forget who you are. Point three uh, is remember believer to whom you belong. When trials come, re- remember to whom you belong. That's the, it's a huge point of this text. And, and then it, it goes on. It, see, it says he takes 12, 12 jars and fills them. He says, fill these with water. And he takes it and he, he's got the, the wood and the stones and the wood and the, and the cut up meat of the bull 
on top, and he says, okay, pour the four jugs of water all over this. He's even built a trench around it, and it, it soaks everything. And then he goes, okay, do it again. And they take those four jugs, fill them up, do it again. Do it again. So in all, he's, he's poured 12 jars of water onto this, so everything is soaking wet. And you're thinking, Elijah, this isn't a good plan. If you want to light something on fire... I don't know if you've ever tried to light wet wood before. Have you ever tried to light wet, wet, wet wood before? You know, when I look at this text, I go, man, why, why, why did he do it? And why did he do it with 12 jars? But maybe he wanted to remind the folks of how waterlogged they were from how they had been living away from God. And they had maybe thought to the point, man, we can't ever go back to God. I mean, we can't ever burn, burn for him. There's no way. And maybe it was just to say, hey, this is you. You are, wet wood is useless wood if you're trying to make a fire. And he, he, he soaks it all down. And then, <clears throat> he soaks it all down. He does 12 stones, 12 jars, 12 tribes, right? We've got that. This is who you are. But I think he soaks it all down to remind them who who he is. Because man's not going to light wet, soaking wood. It says the Trinity built is flooded with water. Everything is soaking at that point. Reminder of who, who, who they were. You know, Paul, Paul reminds us, and I just sort of saw this as I was reading the text on my own, um, in Galatians 4, 4 uh, through 7, Paul reminds us of something. Sometimes we just need to be reminded of who we are. And I thought, I want you to remind you of who, who you are tonight. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, this is what it says in Galatians 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of, 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 of woman. His son was Jesus, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law so that we, that's us, under the law, sinners, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Father, so you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. Just as he does the 12 stones for them, remember, believer, to whom you belong. Tonight, I don't know how you came in here feeling about me, and I'm just not. I've just been messing up all the time. I understand that. Can you go back to when simpler times came when you went, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I need your help. I need you to come into my life. I need you to change my life transform me to be more like your son. We need to, to, to rest on that. Remember, any of you, have you ever made fire come down from, 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 from heaven before? I mean, you might have the wrath of your parents at times that felt like that, <laughs> but um, Elijah couldn't either. That's why he, he waters it all down to prove man can't do it, but God, God can. So in verse 36, it says at the time of the offering, Elijah the, the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Fire comes down. It doesn't just burn the offering up. It burns the wood up, the wet, soaking wet 
wood. It doesn't just burn that. It burns stone. Have you ever lit stone on fire before? God can. You, you can. God can. He, he burns the stone, the trench, the water. It's all gone. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their face and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Point number four, you can't, God can't. You can't. When, when you can't, God, God can he is able, why? Because he is bigger than anything you are going to face. And then it says this, And Elisha said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal, let no, not one of them escape. And they seized them. And Elisha brought them down to the brook, uh, the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. All 450 prophets of Baal. And you might go, man, that is harsh. Sin has consequences. And it's harsh. And we act like it's just a toy, but it's not a toy. It brings death. If you believe Romans 3, 23 and 6, 23, for, for, for all sin falling short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. So don't, don't miss that. Sin has consequences. So let's go back to 1 Kings 18. Y'all done well. Hung with me through a lot of texts. Verse 21, Elisha came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping? between two different opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. The saddest thing that could occur tonight is when we hear, and I, you know, let everything I've said on the side fall away, but look at the story and what the story says. And if we were to walk away from here and we just walk away and we never respond to what God is saying for us, you need to walk away from this. You need to deal with this. You need to confess this. You need to ask forgiveness for this. Or are you going to walk away just without a word? I'm okay. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Keep swimming. Keep swimming. It's the same old thing. So I thought about it. As a, as a preteen or a teenager today, since I'm so close to your age, how do you follow God in today's world? In social media consumption, and you consume it. If, if whatever you, you are into, you, you take it in. Is it for fame? For gossip and juice? Is it for envy and want? Is it for popularity? Is it for lust? Or is it gracious and helpful and concerned for others? You're like, man, wait. It's, you don't understand, Pastor Dan. Everybody is, is doing it. That doesn't mean it's okay. Elisha was alone. Everybody else was doing everything wrong. One man stood tall. What God did through one man. Don't miss that part of the story. In relationships with your parents, don't go there. Question, do I obey their request to clean your room or to wash the dishes or take out the trash or, or do I... Do we stomp? Wow. Boy, we'll, we'll get about half y'all up right there. Do I stomp around? I do it, but man, I'm ticked. Listen, attitude's everything. Attitude has to go with action. Do, do I honor them? Are you going to limp around? And be, well, hey, listen, my friends all treat their parents this way. Why can't I do it? Because God calls you at a higher standard. You've been bought with a price. You are not a slave, but you are a son adopted. And you are to act, act that way. 
And when we speak, when we speak, do we lie? Do do we do we cuss to fit in? And some go, well, cussing is not really wrong. It's in the the Bible. And I had some talks. Well, I don't know if it's the the in Bible talks about cursing. Doesn't really talk about cussing. I understand that. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're called to have a witness set apart from the world. And when the world looks at it and goes, well, you're just like me when you talk like that. And it also says, be, 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 stay away from crude, choking, and obscene talk. So we could go, well, cursing is probably wrong. I might need to work on that. Or gossip, or cut down, or dissension. You, you know, when we go behind somebody's back and say something uh, that maybe was said in private or that was said sometime else and it's been a long time and we, we go to, to pinpoint them and get them this way or, or that way, that's dissension. That's just as bad as, as messing up in the first place. What, what, let's work to, to honor the body. Uh, in purity... Can, there, there's a belief, in, uh, and it's been around since I was a teenager, like four years ago, uh, that, well, if you, if you love, love someone, well, it's okay. As long, I mean, if you really love them, then it's okay to go first base, second base, more base. It's okay if you love them, right? Do we, we act like we don't, we've never heard what the Word of God says. When it says flee from sexual immorality, let there not be a hint I mean, don't ever even smell like you've even been around something that, that points to this. How, how are we, do, do we, you know, are we limping back and forth between two opinions? Man, we are, and we've got to stop. We, we, we've got to stop. Athletics. How do athletics fit in this equation? Uh, is your sport more important than anything else in your life? If it is, it's called an, an idol. I don't think it's bad to do sports. I think it's actually great to do sports, and you can learn teamwork and, and, and responsibility and, and, and all this stuff. But if it's the most important thing in your life, and then you ask yourself, well, what takes up most of my time, money, and thoughts? As an adult, we need to ask that thing. What's taking up most of my time, money, and thoughts? Because that usually has become the God in our life. So, so what do we avoid? Look here in Galatians 5, verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, it says you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery or witchcraft. Enmity means hate. And when you hate, man, I hate them. I hate them. That's what that means. That, that's the flesh. Strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Man, let's take a look at that list and go, okay, God. Man, I want to be, if you are God, I want to be after you with everything I've got. And I'm, I'm sick and tired of floating back and forth because... I don't know about you, but being lukewarm or being in, in limbo is not a, a fun place to be. It's not. Guilt hits us. Shame get, gets us. Conviction gets us. Because I want you to know one thing within your life, without a doubt, 
that, 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 that my God, your God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do for you. Right? It's a kid's song, but man, it's so true. God is so big. He is faithful. You may have had an awful month, and if you have, I'll tell you this, I'm sorry. Uh, and, and if you just need someone to talk to or to pray with, I will, I will talk with you whenever, wherever. Uh, uh, and if, if you're a girl and you want to talk, uh, my, my wife is around. Um, we are here just to, man, help, help you through life because God calls us, man, to, to, to fight to live for him. And when we live for him, we'll be set apart. It'll cost you. It's going to be tough, but you can do it. God's bigger. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for your truth tonight. Um, God, in the story, and it's, 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 it's proved out, Lord, but there are times we're called to stand alone. Lord, give us courage to stand, to honor you. Uh, Lord, give us courage. Uh, if there's a, a struggle in our life that we need to confess or we need to confront or we need to let go, if there's a relationship we need to stop, if there is a um, person we need to ask forgiveness of, God, help us courage to do what it takes to follow you, and may we not limp back and forth because it's not fun going between the world and you. Lord, may we follow you. Help us to trust you. Help us to seek you. Uh, Lord, I ask a special just blessing upon these students as, as spring break for a lot has, has come. Uh, Lord, help them to honor you through the spring break. Keep them safe. But Lord, above that, Lord, I help them to be a light. Help us all be a light wherever we go. Uh, and make your name great. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Don't forget to sign up still for camp and all that stuff.